Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. Please stay tuned at the end of today's interview as we honor our sponsors. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Now, here's your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and excited to have with me today Reverend Dr. Bobby Cabot. So welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I'm loving Mr. Hoot on your lap. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he believes that this is all about him. <laughs> He's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I said, well, Sammy, our therapy dog, is in the room, so her head may pop up. If you see a black Labradoodle head pop up, there's Sam saying hello. So, so yes, yeah, so you are um, a retired United Methodist pastor uh, and now Kingdom of Life Healing Ministries. So talk to people about yes. what it is you're doing. Kingdom Life Healing Ministries, um, my doctorate is in three practices. It's in inner healing prayer, spiritual direction, and counseling because those three things really work together to bring total health to a human being. Um, just counseling cannot bring the healing that Jesus Christ can bring. It can help us to understand our problems and maybe try and work them out. But our problems stem from wounds that we received oftentimes very young. And, and so people think that they've dealt with those wounds because they rationalize them as an adult and think it wasn't that important. But we find when we position a person in the presence of Christ and he wants to take the person to a wound that he wants to heal. So, so we deal with our problems left brain. We're in a culture that's left brain. Uh, rash, very rational. And so with our left brain, we say, well, I got hurt on the playground when I was five. And, you know, that wasn't any big deal. When we go and activate our right brain, which goes to our heart and positions us in the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we find out that that incident very much impacted our lives and is still very much alive in us even though we've repressed it or analyzed it or rationalized it or whatever. Um, <clears throat> can I give you one example that sure. that will really show this? I, so in my first church, I had been there about five years and I, I preached this all the time and did it. And one day a man about 55 years old walked into my office and he said, Pastor Bobby, I, I've taken all this time, but I trust you now. My father was brutal to me. He, he was physically violent and I hate him and uh, he wrecked my life and, and all of this. And can you help me? And so I said, yeah, I, Jesus can, you know, I, I, 
no, I can't, but Jesus can. So in the paradigm of inner healing prayer, you ask somebody to just sit, close their eyes. Um, the Holy Spirit comes. He always does. And he will take a person to the wound that he wants to heal that day. So here's this 55-year-old man concerned that his father was brutal. And all of a sudden, he's in a memory in second grade on a playground, and a bully beamed him with a rock. Well, that little boy had all kinds of emotions, terror, pain, embarrassment, shame, all the things that, that being brutalized birth in us emotionally. And so in inner healing prayer, we invite Jesus to come into that scene because Jesus is in that scene. Jesus is in now time. So for this man as a memory, it was not for Jesus. He's there. And so the Lord comes and he, um, I led the, the man through forgiveness for the kid who hurt him. I helped him give Jesus the pain of it, the shame of it, all the rest of this. And Jesus spoke the only way Jesus can. And, and the man was totally healed from this memory. But I'm sitting there thinking, wow, you know, he came for his father. And here we're dealing with a second grader. And so as we worked through it, he exclaimed, oh, my gosh, the reason I accepted abuse from my father started in second grade when that kid bullied me because the lie he believed was that's all he was worth. Oh. So when we go into inner healing prayer, we look for the lies that are spawned. We look for the emotional upheaval, the shame, the remorse, the guilt, whatever that is. And we take care of all that. We do forgiveness. Um, there's three steps of forgiveness, forgiving the person who sinned against you, asking God to forgive you for your sinful response, because that always is there. Um, at first, I thought that was really mean to say to somebody, but usually people recognize it instantly. But then forgiving yourself is the third step. So we do all this in, in oh, golly, sometimes it's 30 minutes, sometimes it's 45 minutes. I've gone two hours with people depending on the situation, but the person always comes out whole. And so with this man, as he in the presence of Christ realized that this was the seed of accepting his father's abuse, we then went to one of those memories and he was able to give Jesus the terror, the pain, the um, worthlessness that he felt all his life. And, and he was able to forgive his father and give his father to Christ. And um, so, so we got done. I, I think it was about 45 minutes or an hour, but I, I've pondered that so many times because it happens so many times. And when I say we can't counsel that, we can't. Because who would have known from just a, a left brain counseling mode that we had to go back to second grade to heal a man who was abused as a teenager with his right. father. There's no way we could understand any of that. And so I, I do this all the time. Um, it stemmed from the fact that when I became Christian, I was so wounded. And the Lord sovereignly just began 
taking me back to memories of pain and healing them profoundly. What happens then is the place you couldn't even think of becomes one of your favorite places because Christ is there and the light is there and the forgiveness has happened and he's taken the pain and, and all of that. So after about two years of his doing that with me, I thought, must be he could do that with other people. You know, I'm, I'm nobody special. So I kind of tried to see the paradigm of what happened because it was the same. Um, you have a core wound, you have a lie that was spawned, you have emotional upheaval, and it goes into dysfunctional behavior because it's coming from that fire. So we see people drug addicted. We see people all kinds of self-hatred, remorse, all of that needs to go back to the root. And so I kind of figured it out. And I said to two friends who I knew had upsets in their lives, could I try this with you? And they said, yes. And I just saw Jesus do the exact same thing with them that he had done with me. And th this was 30 years ago. No, there was, I couldn't find a book on it. I couldn't find anybody in the church who didn't think I was maybe a, a little weird. <clears throat> and um, finally, when I went to seminary, I heard about a man who was doing that. And I went and, and learned more under him. And then my doctorate was on inner healing prayer at Ashland Seminary. And I just learned so much more. And, and uh, I started doing it in my first church. And a pastor said, well, he saw the fruit. And he said, would you come to my church and work with my people? Well, it was an hour drive one way. <clears throat> so I said, yes. And then finally, he said, Bobby, you have to, you have to write this up in a manual because you can't drive five hours away when a pastor wants you. So I asked the bishop in my church if I could go half time for six months and write my book, um, Encountering the God Who Heals. And, and my church was so enthusiastic because they had been through it. The bishop was kind. And so I wrote that book that um, I do now a four and a half day healing school. People come for four and a half days. We go from nine in the morning till nine at night. I teach them for about 45 minutes left brain because our left brain's valuable. Right. But then I position them in the presence of Christ through right brain activities like finger painting, working with clay, anything that opens, you know, it puts down the rational part of our brain and <clears throat> opens up our emotions. And so by the end of four and a half days, people are just transformed. Yeah. Um, they've met they've met Jesus in a way they had never met him before. So it's um, it's, a, it's evolved over the past 20 years this way. I used to be invited to do conferences and I hated to do them because I wanted to do the healing school. But what I found after the Lord showed me that I do a conference to wake a church up to the power of the Holy Spirit, to baptism in the Holy Spirit, to deliverance, to the existence of demons to all of that and they wake up and they experience it because I pray with them all or a lot of them then they want me to come and do the healing school so the conference is the wake up the healing school level one teaches and then my desire is that they become equipped to do what I do so the Lord developed a level two 
in which I go back in and I work with smaller groups of people all day, all night for several days. <clears throat> and I teach them the paradigm and how to do it and, and all of that. So it's, it's a three-pronged approach now, I think, to revival. I mean, this is this just revives churches. Yeah. But, and that's how I got to Cincinnati. I worked at Anderson Hills probably four times. And it's it's changed the church. I mean, they're, they're doing inner healing prayer. They're doing deliverance. They're, people are really flocking there. So um, we'll see what I can do. COVID's kind of set us back a little bit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for all of us. So going back to the gentleman who, who had gone back to his second grade, um, I grew up Catholic. And so a lot of memorized prayers, the Our Father and Hail Marys and so sure. forth. Um, so is there, when, when you were visiting with him and working with him for that half hour to 45 minutes, is it is it a script that you follow? Is it just you're moved by the Holy Spirit? And so when you pray, are you teaching him how to tap into that? Okay, I have, I, I finally made a level two book. <clears throat> and there are several things that are always involved in this. Number one is the lie. You're looking for the lie the person believes after being wounded. Lies are almost always something like, I deserved it. I'm not worth anything. Um, I'm a, a cosmic mistake. Uh, it was my fault. So you're looking for those lies because they're spawned in every wound. And after you look for the lies, you want to look. So it's, it's like a paradigm. You have the wound and then the lie is spawned. So you're always looking for that. Right above that, emotional upheaval starts because when you believe that you're fat, stupid, and ugly, which were my triune lies, um, when I weighed 30 pounds less than I do right now, <clears throat> that's how powerful lies can be. You, so you, you look for the lie, but then you look for the emotional upheaval, and, and that is um, a sense of shame, a sense of dirtiness, a sense of... Um, guilt, condemnation, bitterness, all kinds of emotions are spawned from that lie. So you go in and you, um, I don't speak the truth, Jesus does. Because if I spoke the truth to you, you're going, yeah, right. If, when Jesus does, you get it. And so then you look up in the counseling level then would be the dysfunctional behavior that you have gone into because of the wound, because of the lies you're believing, because of the pain you're carrying, we go into a dysfunctional behavior to try and um, tamp down that fire. <clears throat> so dysfunctional behavior can be way more than drugs and alcohol. It can be avoidance. It can be codependence. It can be all kinds of ways that we're trying to deal with pain that we no longer we're no longer connected with we have no idea what that pain is until the lord takes us there so and always there's forgiveness involved a lot of times there are vows that have been made um my mother my my dad died when i was young and my mother had a breakdown <clears throat> i was only 12 and i remember now standing looking at her in bed and saying i'll never let a man get that close to me because that's what happens 
And so my adult life was man after man after man. And the minute anybody would get close, I'd, I'd push him away, but I didn't know why. And finally, when I met my husband, that started, and I don't know how, it, I just all of a sudden realized I had made a vow. And so we need to break that because that has power. Mm -hmm. um, so while I'm working with a person, I'm looking and listening for vows. And sometimes I'll just flat out say, do you think you made a vow when that happened? And 90% of the time people have. So <clears throat> we're breaking that. So it may look like I'm not doing much in inner healing prayer because the person's with Jesus and all the rest of that. But I, I compare it almost to a, a fine surgeon in the spiritual realm because I know what I'm looking for. I know what's almost always there. Um, shame's always there. But shame is so deep, it hides. Um, and, and you can ask a person sometimes, are you carrying shame? And at first they'll go, no. And then, then I'll just say, well, would you ask Jesus if you're carrying shame? Oh, my gosh, yes. So you learn, I've done this for almost 30 years. And every single time I do, the Lord teaches me something new that I didn't know before. And, and so it's so exciting because I'm starting to do brain research now. And brain research is totally supporting scriptural principles. It's mind-boggling to me. So I'll be reading a book on the brain. And I'll have to close it because I get so excited. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, that's what Jesus told me 20 years ago. And I kind of thought maybe I was just goofy. But guess what? It's scientific. So... Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking like brain plasticity and the way we can change habitual patterns and so forth? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because years ago, the Lord told me after I would do this to pray <clears throat> that new circuits in the brain would be carried and the circuit would carry the love and the joy and the peace and kill off the I'm fat, stupid and ugly. And I kind of thought I was goofy. I, I'm just telling you the truth. And, and then I don't remember what year he told me to start praying for organs, specific organs. And I'm thinking I'm doing emotional healing, you know, so I thought I was a little goofy, but now we're finding out the ties between emotions and what part of our physicality gets damaged. Um, I was in Arkansas one time and we do a healing service open to the public at the end of the healing school, <clears throat> big church, a lot of people. And the pastor brought this woman in front of me who was rigid. She couldn't bend over. She couldn't turn her head. She couldn't do anything. Um, back problems, neck problems. And so I'm standing there. Normally, I would have laid hands on her and asked God to heal her back. You know, that's how we do. But the Lord said to me, she's angry. And so I, I at first never wanted to get in people's business, but now I know I need to. And so I, I looked at her and I said, could it be possible that you're angry? Oh, my lands, was that woman angry. She went off for a good 15 minutes just spewing this oh. virulent anger. And so I worked her through that. We did some forgiveness. Um, Jesus ministered to her. And then I said, is there anything else you're angry about? Boom, off she went. Three explosive rages. So we got through all that. It was probably 25 minutes. And uh, the Lord said, ask her to touch her toes. And so I'm like, whatever. So I said, touch your toes. Boom. 
touch your toes. Totally healed. All of that was totally healed by getting rid of rage. And that, I think, was one of the instances that taught me so clearly how our emotions affect our physicality. And scientists now have studied which emotions affect which part of our body. It's fascinating to me. It's really fascinating. If you see people who are chronically ill and nothing helps them, they need inner healing prayer. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah. So. Well, I know as you were talking, I did EMDR therapy for four years and a lot of EMDR is moving back and forth. It's the eye movement between left, Uh right brain, which is stimulated by the lights or the paddles or the sound that, you know, going back and forth. And one of the things that kept coming up in my four years of, of doing EMDR for all of my childhood trauma, I kept telling my therapist, Oh my gosh, my right head is tingling. Like my, I feel like my brain is tingling. And she kept, she was like, I don't, know why that's happening let's just keep focusing on it focusing on it and now i'm thinking i'm wondering if it was like you know i needed to just to, to, to pray upon it and so yeah it was we never well, did probably happen why it kept happening well probably new circuits were being created yeah so i'm studying a little bit about the brain and the amygdala and all these other things i don't know much about yet but um i know it's all tied in with our emotions and they're finding out it is also. So I'll tell you one other story. I was in Arkansas and this man um, was a firefighter and he got PTSD watching the Twin Towers fall and he kept hearing the beepers of all the firefighters who were dying. And he, um, I I guess, went to Texas and tried to walk into a 9-11 memorial and just freaked out I, just huge PTSD and he wasn't even there so in the healing school I do I model what I teach with about two people and his hand came up will you can I be one and I said sure and so we got up there and the Holy Spirit and again this is just so indicative of how much we don't know the Holy Spirit took him to a father memory and abuse And so we're doing all that. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not teaching this class very well because the guy wants the Twin Towers healed. But see, it's not under my control. The Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit does. So we got all done with that. And he opened his eyes and he said, I'm totally healed. And I'm like, that's nice. And he said, no, you don't understand. I'm healed from the Twin Towers. And I'm like, no, I really don't understand. How did that happen? And he said, I don't know. So one of the next exercises was a finger painting, and he finger painted the Twin Towers and stood up and talked about it. So I went back to that church maybe five years later, and I was walking through the church, and I kind of recognized him. I said, are you the Twin Tower guy? And he says, yes, honey, and I've been free ever since you prayed with me. So we, we just don't know the connections and the power, but it makes me wake up every morning. Do you know what I mean? Every morning, I just had a healing school up north that I canceled because of COVID and the Lord impressed upon me to drive up there anyway and meet one-on-one with any of the people that wanted to see me. So I ended up um, praying with 10 people, which normally would have knocked my socks off, but the Lord just 
I wasn't even tired after it, but um, the healings are profound and they're so individual and they're so mind boggling that it totally changes a person's life and their ability to cope. I've prayed with a lot of drug addicts uh, who they need deliverance. People addicted to pornography need deliverance. Those are some of the worst demons out there actually. But so in, in amongst all of this, the Lord taught me about the reality of the demonic realm and, and how they get permission and through our sin to enter us and, and uh, just torment us. So in the inner healing prayer, there's always some level of deliverance also. So it's, it's just fascinating and, and life-giving. It's life-giving to me. Because, you know, I, I just came from so many wounds myself, which obviously I really don't think I could be doing what I'm doing had I not experienced the wounds myself. Yes, so. true. How many of us I know that I've <clears throat> met over the years, um, being in this healing arena for the last four years, how many have been through uh, their own traumas only to come Everybody. out into the light? And then, every single person, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's beautiful. So, yeah, so I thank you mm -hmm. for um shining your light of hope, or as a or guess, you know, Christ's light of hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm beautiful. excited to see what the Lord's going to do in Cincinnati. Yeah, well, I just think again, I'm so just completely flabbergasted. Well, you know, I, I have this piece of paper that I write notes on, and I I drew a heart next to the fact that, you know, you're on in Cincinnati because I just moved from there in June and it was my home my entire life for 54 oh, wow. years. Um, so well, it, maybe you'll need to come back up for a conference. I have the parsonage has three bedrooms. Awesome. Well, we're yeah. coming back up in my daughter and I are coming up in October um, and then we're coming up again at the end of December. So yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to track you down because I, again, I just yeah. think, you know, those those beautiful moments, the synchronicity moments in life where you go, oh, my gosh, Salem Road in Cincinnati. <laughs> Isn't, yeah, that is just wild. <laughs> and Tim set this up. I don't know if you probably don't know Tim Caldwell. He just came to the Lord last year. And he's um, really become the administrator of the ministry. He wants it to expand. And I'm not good at any of this. I only am good at what I do. So Right, right. Yeah. Media, what's that? So, yeah, so exactly. I met him and he said, So, where's your website? And I said, I don't have a website. And he said, well, Are you on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. Well, what about what's the other one? Instagram. Instagram. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and he's like, How do you get the healing schools? And I said, God brings them. Yeah. And he does. But it's really affected Tim and his family because I've prayed with them. And so Tim wants to get much more impact for the ministry. It's, it's not, we're not looking for publicity or success or anything right. else, but to my hope, I'm 70 now. So my hope is that I can in the next few years, equip people to do what I do and, and have Tim and his wife take over the ministry so that it doesn't die when I go be with Jesus. Right. So that's, that's my that's where I'm at. Beautiful. I love it. All right. Yeah. So can, would you be willing to, to pray with all of us right now? Sure. 
just let me listen for the Lord for a minute. <clears throat> I just hear the Lord saying that he desires abundance for his children and that we need to come to him for the abundance, that we won't find abundance in the world, although in America we're certainly blessed with abundance. But the Lord says the abundance he wants is in our hearts, in our spirits, in our minds, that we can fully appreciate the overflowing love that he has for us, the abundance of favor that we walk in with him, that when life gets hard, because it does, he said to us, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And I know he said that because he was on this planet, and he knows we can't handle it. This is not his plan or desire for us, this fallen world. But even in the midst of COVID, in the midst of whatever, elections, violence, in the midst of all of it, of this world, he desires that we live and walk in abundance. And the abundance comes from him through his Holy Spirit. So I pray for everyone who's listening right now, that when the stresses begin to get too much, when the disappointments come, when the fear niggles at your brain, that you just close your eyes and, and say my one word prayer, help, just help. That's the only prayer we ever really need to pray because God is waiting for us to cry out to him. So I pray that you do. I pray that just listening to this podcast, that you will desire more of Christ, that you will desire Christ in your broken places. And I pray also that we will be the light of Christ for the darkness in this world. I know that the Lord has created each and every person with a destiny. Lord, help us to live in that destiny and live out of that destiny for your sake and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Got me choked up there. That is beautiful. He's that, he's that good of a God. He yeah. really is. Yeah. It's been so nice meeting you. You too. It's, yeah. uh, again, just uh, I, I love the work you're doing and um, it, prayer, prayer is powerful. It certainly had a powerful impact on my life um, and has been a part of my healing journey all along. So, yeah. Can uh, I can I tell or will you tell people how to get in touch with the yeah, ministry? That was my next question was, was <laughs> how do people get a hold of you? <laughs> well, now I have a website. Yay. Uh, KLHM. Kingdom Life Healing Ministries. So it's klhm.org. And we have a Facebook page, which is um, Kingdom Life Healing Ministries. You have to search that on Facebook. And I do a Facebook Live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And right now I'm doing the Psalms. But, it, you know, we also have a YouTube. See, I'm just learning all this. We have a YouTube page. 
that has probably 40 videos that I've done on the whole. I did the whole book of Romans. I did the Apostles Creed. I did some healing things. So if people want to hear more um, or just want some good biblical teaching, because that's that's really, I don't want to say a strength of mine, but I, I have two masters in the Bible because I love the word. So I love to teach it. Um, so they can go to YouTube, Kingdom Life Healing Ministries, and get get some of that. I'm I'm just getting a lot of feedback that people are appreciating just going through the Book of Romans, going through Scripture. Um, so yeah, I love what I do. Beautiful. Well, I can tell. My dad was a uh, he was a Jesuit brother for eight years before oh. the seminary before he left um, and married my mom. And so I missed him so much because of our deep theological conversations, because he was a theologian and he studied it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, obviously I was uh, um, a little more questioning than him. So we would have these really great conversations together. I would ask him questions and challenge him on his um, theology. And, uh, uh -huh. but he was always very patient with me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's, then he was a true theologian. Yes, yes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been just such a pleasure to have you here with me on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Yes. All right. I, well, everyone. We're going to meet in Cincinnati. Yes, for sure. I'm excited for it. Yes. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. As uh, I say every week, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Mm. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.